Welcome to Inside Out Leadership. I'm your host, Rob Holman. Now listen, you could be doing a variety of different things, hanging out with a variety of different, different people, but you've chosen in this moment and in this time to spend with me to learn about my Inside Out Leadership philosophy and principles. And for that, I'm honored. So honored that I want to let you in on a special opportunity. Are you a speaker, an author? Do you have a message that you believe the world desperately needs to hear? If that's you, I want to encourage you to formally be a part of my world-class speaker community called the Get Paid to Speak Bootcamp. Go to www.robholman.com forward slash GPS to learn more. Hey friends, and welcome to another exciting episode of Inside Out Leadership. I'm your host, Rob Holman. This is season two, episode two, where I have an opportunity, the joy and the honor to interview a good friend that I've known for nearly 20 years, David Kiley. As you know, I'm on a personal mission to interview the world's greatest inside out leaders in 2022. These transformational leaders are leaving an extraordinary mark within their sphere of influence, resulting in transformational change. They have faithfully demonstrated inspiration, humility, courage, perseverance, and servant leadership. Now, in season two, I thought it was appropriate to really focus in on each leader's personal story and how that has contributed to their outer work of influence. That's why I already told you I am thrilled to have the opportunity to interview David Kiley. As a nine-time Paralympic gold medalist with eight, yes, eight, National Wheelchair Basketball Association championships and six National Wheelchair Basketball Association MVPs, seems like David Kiley's on top of the world. However, the story behind this decorated Paralympic athlete and wheelchair basketball legend has far more than meets the eye. The ability to see ourselves in the midst of his story. Get ready, sit back, and enjoy my heart-stirring, mind-provoking interview with the one and only David Kiley. Dave, welcome to Inside Out Leadership. Uh, I'm so happy to reconnect, Rob, and have this opportunity to just go wherever God leads us in this conversation, man. So yeah. uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, total joy and honor. And I thought it'd be a good place to start. The temptation for me almost immediately is to dive into your story, which we will get to momentarily. But just even connect some dots for those that don't know of our connection, our relationship that does go back nearly 20 years. You and I are trying to figure it out before the recording. We're like, all right, is it 18? Is it 20? It's been a long time. And at the time we met, I heard about you being the goat of wheelchair basketball, one of the most decorated Paralympic athletes ever. And your story really intrigued me. And as I reached out to you and the National Wheelchair Basketball Association at the time, I was like, I got to meet this guy. And as I met you for the first time and get, got to know you throughout the course of time, what I've admired about you, I'm not even going to wait, Dave, till midway through the end to say this publicly. But what I admired to you very quickly was, of course, you had all these accolades, all these accomplishments, but it was your heart. It was your tender heart, your heart of humility of who God really created you to be and using the gifts, the skill sets, the abilities that he'd given you to serve and influence other people in a very positive way. 
And that formed a friendship that continues to today. So, man, I got to just say this. Thanks for being you. And uh, I don't know if you have anything to say about when we initially met. Be kind, though, to me, because I was just this in my mid-20s, right? And, uh, and I was this young punk that was passionate, owned a business called Push the Rock at the time, a clo- basketball clothing company. But yeah, what do you remember about those early days of when we first connected? I remember it very well. You know, you, you and your brother, Scott, and, and uh, there was an instant connection, you know, both from the side of ball and, and push the rock is still just a tagline of that's attractive to me, you know, and you, you had this great little idea and this business that uh, you both you know, really, uh, took to another level and, and, uh, and I wanted it to be part of what I was doing with three on three, because I just loved the feel you you had a great vibe in that small business. Uh, and I was attracted to it and, and I was attracted to by, by the faith within the company. So, uh, it was just kind of a natural thing, you know, and I've never, I still have jerseys that have pushed Love the rock and, yeah. and that dude carrying the rim, you know, uh, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's still a powerful memory for me. That's awesome. Yeah, me too. Me too. I still break out once in a while with three children, 13, 11, and six. Once in a while, that'll break out some of the old school gear. And I will say this too that my kids still have some gear too. Sometimes I'll break open the old boxes, right? From the basement <laughs> or from the attic or something like that and say, hey, dad's got one more pair. I've got one more shirt for you, so don't, don't worry. But talking about going back, your story is an extremely compelling one. And it didn't start with your play uh, where in the, in the National Wheelchair Basketball Association where you won six uh, MVPs, eight National Wheelchair Basketball Association championships, et cetera but it goes back much further than that. You had something when you were a uh, you know, teenager that happened to you that really, really changed. And I don't put that, I mean, that's, it changed your life. I mean, sometimes we talk about things that change our lives. This was like your life came to a pretty big screeching halt. Take us into that time when you were just like 19 or even a little bit before, if you want, to, of what, you know, where your life was around that time and then what happened. Love to hear about that. Sure, sure, Rob. Um, well, first of all, I, it feels like I was born with a basketball in my hands. You know, uh, I, ever since I can remember, uh, that was a part of me and who I was as a very, very young child. But at that particular time in, in my teenage years, I, I was playing for Modern Day High School in Santa Ana, which is just a powerhouse every year in in all sports, but uh, particularly football and basketball. And, uh, and I had a little bit of a rep as a, as a point guard, you know, and, and had some, uh, had some interest from some, some uh, colleges, uh, San Jose State, Gonzaga, and then right out of high school, uh, I, I got hurt. I received a spinal cord injury when um, a good friend of mine and two cheerleaders went to the mountains of Southern California and Big Bear and uh, being neophytes in the drinking game, we uh, overdid that 
and uh, it skewed my judgment. I went up higher than everybody else with an inner tube that has absolutely no control and uh, was run into, bumped by another tuber or two tubers on one inner tube and uh, into the trees and at high speed spinning like a top, you know, I, I, I uh, hit the tree with my back and um instant uh no recollection i was in shock and uh so as i woke up uh i'm on a striker frame in san bernardino county general hospital not not necessarily a plush little uh environment uh upside down and uh being told that i uh, was paralyzed. Mm. And uh, everything to that point I had done had been all physical. Mm. You know, it definitely required legs, you know, a ball player and, and thoughts came through my mind, Rob, like, man, you know, I remember exactly how sand felt at the beach through my toes, you know, and, and right now I can't feel anything below my waist. So, it, it was a crazy time, you know, I, I, I didn't know how to understand it. And I began a process of foxhole prayers. I'd been a little bit disconnected. I'd been real disconnected. Sport and ball was my God, yeah. you know, at that time. But uh, so I, I, I began and, and, and there were dark times for, you know, coming out of that. Mm -hmm. uh the hospital and the rehab and you know it, it took it, it it's not something you just snap your fingers and put a smile on your face if you do that there's something wrong you're you're pretending you're hiding um i've learned that since but anyway so hey, could i could i press you i, I want to ask you so staying in that time where you're trying to let the news of being paralyzed waist down, let it sink in. Okay, my life is going to change. Like, what was that like? Like, how did you begin to come to terms with that? Was it the help of other people? Was it prayer? Was it a combination? Like, what was it for you? If it was certainly a season, I don't know how long that season one to, really went to accept that. And all the mixed emotions along that journey of just acceptance. Like, what was that? Yeah, like, what yeah, were some contributing yeah. things? I didn't accept it, you know, to be quite honest. Uh, when I heard it, I was like, you know, wait a minute. I'm, I'm going back on past experiences, some hurdles that I had had to overcome as uh, even a younger uh, child athlete. Um, I said, this is just going to be another one of those where I overcome it. <laughs> and uh, as it began to sink in, Rob, uh, you know, I can remember telling my mother I was in a, a rehab hospital for four months. Um, they kept you a long time back then. Hmm. And uh, I told her, I said, Mom, I'd, I'd rather die than hmm. than spend the rest of my life in a wheelchair, you know. Hmm. And of course, she immediately started crying and I felt bad for saying it. But uh, there was some truth to it, you know, because I, I so did not understand what was happening to me. And uh um, so it, it was a time when, 
I I got introduced to, to Ball laying in a hospital bed by this mentor that ended up to be a mentor and a great friend, Ed Owen. And, and um, I was like, no way, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I play real ball. Not, you know, I didn't tell him that, but I'm thinking it, you know, I was trying to be somewhat nice, but I was like this, no, stop, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I saw him play one day in the courtyard himself working on, ball handling he was behind the back 360s left right and i just went holy bejesus you know what in the world <laughs> so i had my mind blown seeing that and that was the seed that i needed to really get direction it took took a little it just wasn't like that but i let it marinate to the point where uh you know next thing i knew I was searching out beach courts in my wheelchair uh, and using it at, in my recovery mentally, mm-hmm. you know, I'd already recovered pretty much physically. I could handle my chair, handle myself, mm-hmm. drive those kind of important things uh, mobility wise. But, you know, uh, I had to uh, really give uh, credit to the distraction that ball always provided you know that safe haven that place if you if you balled out in your life and played you know that place where where you're just in it's like meditation because you're not thinking bad thoughts Mm -hmm. you know you're thinking about your next shot or your next uh move you know uh anyway so it can that keep you, it can keep you focused it can ground you and you know the distractions now you begin to hone in and you're you're refocused there's more clarity there's an anchoring if you will i do want to go back just so this doesn't escape me dave as we continue on your journey as well but but before that there was a point shortly after your injury I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, where the doctors said a couple things to you about children, having children, and also about the usage of your legs. Take us into that, because I know you so well, and I know this moment between you and God was really important. But I want our, I want our listeners, our viewers to really be brought into that aspect of your story, too. Certainly. And uh, it's really easy to remember but you do want you do try to stuff it and forget about it but when i heard you know that you wouldn't walk again that was one thing but then when i heard and being told that i may not be able to have children and even at at 19 i started even earlier thinking about being a father Hmm. you know and 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 I came to a place where I could handle not walking and uh, running and such, but I just could not get my head around not having children, you know? And uh, I, I, I was trying to make deals with God, you know? I was like, God, I don't care about my ability to walk. But I do do I do care about having children. Please, God, let it be your will that I able to have kids. And uh, so anyways, it, it's there's a whole sport story about how I met my wife and mm. who agreed to marry me, not 
and I had to, I had to put it out there that I might not be able to have children. Right. And thank God she's the angel that she's always been to, you know, then and now. Um, and man, she was pregnant in the first, <laughs> in the first few months of being married. So, you know, <laughs> Hey, doctors, you don't know everything, you know, right. God drives my bus and, uh, yeah. There you go, you know. And so you've been got, married for how long now and how old are your kids? Well, I got married in in 1979. I met my wife in 78 at a final four in Cleveland, Ohio. She was from Nashville, Tennessee. And uh I had I have two children with her and now four grandchildren. Come on. Yeah, yeah, man. And I'm the fun doctor. And <laughs> that's what I was born to do, man. Is yeah. is be that guy with my family. And uh and now at this point in time, I'm able to spend much more uh family time than when I was competing and filling my goodie basket up with my things, you know, and yeah. uh, which I call fodder, you know, uh, it's really about the inside game, you know, and the important things, uh, what you do and who you, you know, why you do it. Um, to me, it's not about what I lost. It's about what I gained, you know, it's, it's, it's that simple. And, uh, I've been inspired by what people call disability or, you know, the wheelchair or whatever. I've been inspired by limitations that, you know, when you talk about the seventies, there, there were a lot of perceived limitations that people were trying to get you to accept. And yeah. I'm like, no, man, yeah, no, I'm not going there, you know? Yeah. And that's why you're yeah. truly, that's why you're such a pioneer. I really, I mean that because if you look at, I mean, just even with what you're sharing on this podcast episode, of where things were with disabilities in the 70s as opposed to where we are now, you led the way a lot in that process. I mean, look at your relationship being a liaison with the NWBA and the NBA. That alone to bring awareness to um, the skill set, the gifts, the abilities of people. And, and uh, it's just, it's fascinating to me. I mean, I go back and I'm reminded too of I believe you were the first wheelchair athlete on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Am I correct? Or one of I them? Was, yeah, I wasn't on the cover, but okay. I was the first to appear in a centerfold double In a centerfold, okay. With your kids. Of, uh, yeah, with, with my two kids. Uh, and, uh, That's you awesome. know, I'm, I'm, it's on my wall. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, yeah, a very meaningful time to... Uh, it gave you the, the, the wheelchair athlete street cred, you know, yeah. it was yeah. just that, that simple. When you got into mainstream kind of, uh, a magazine like sports illustrated, um, and who I was in between it, uh, you know, <laughs> it was like, I think Reggie Jackson and, mm -hmm. uh, uh, I forget who the other, athlete is but yeah. oh curtis strange okay you know it, it was insane so <laughs> yeah and and there was a painting done of that photo and that sits over our fireplace and it's you Beautiful. know it was a good time 
That is a good time. All right. So we're going to, we're going to go back a little bit. You were just someone to come alongside of you to um, say, kind of mentor you a little bit to kind of say, Hey, here's what's possible. You would begin to watch his games. I forget. What's his name again? Ed Owen. Ed Owen. Yeah. Hall so of begin, Famer. There you go. You begin to check it, check his games out. You're, it sounds like you're being inspired from the inside out. You begin your journey. Now your head's starting to lift at least a little bit. It's a process. And you then start to play, like take us by the hand on that one. Like you start to play more, you start to see what's possible. And then what happens? Well, this cat was six, eight. He had a beard and had polio. And, uh, you know, he was recruiting me. He, he knew of my, uh, my past with uh, high school ball. And, and so that's a find in our sport. When you find somebody that has, that kind of uh, experience, but he, I was in a body jacket, you know, when you have a spinal cord injury, you've got to keep everything in place when they fuse it back together. Hmm. So there's no real bending, twisting going on, but uh, he took me to South central LA, you know, and his team, the Santa Ana Raiders were playing the LA stars and he puts a Jersey on me and, uh, you know, I go into this gym and, and these cats are fast Ooh. and afroed out. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm from a protected orange, Southern orange <laughs> County environment. You know, I'm like, Whoa, man. You yeah, know, eyes wide uh, open, eyes wide open on that. Eyes point. wide open, you know? And, uh, uh, I was only in, I, I didn't play that much, but I got a mid range look at a, at a basket. And I, I, I think it's the only shot I, I shot and I made it. And that was the light bulb moment, you know, that I go, all right, yeah. things are going to be all right now, you know, mm-hmm. uh, one basket, that's all it took. One basket. So then you continue, you know, you're, you're, you're on your hoops journey. Yep. How long did it start? How'd you get in the Paralympics? Because I'm trying to even connect some, some of this I know, but some of it I don't. I'm just selfishly like looking for some answers today because I'm trying to connect more dots with you because I, the more that we get to know your story, obviously yeah. we get to better know who you are. And that's what we're after today. So, so when did the Paralympics begin to step into all this? Well, you know, one, I was on a great team right out of the gate. You know, we didn't lose the entire season until the championship game of the final four. Um, and we did that two years in a row and we lost in the final. Uh, but by then, you know, people started to pay or started had been paying attention to my game. Cause I made it or we made it to the final four, hmm. uh, which is the highest level of our, our sport in the country, uh, for national ball. And, uh, so in my third year, I was recruited to play on the Paralympic uh, team in Toronto, Canada in 1976. And uh, I was a dual athlete. I was, <laughs> I was a basketball player who was also uh, involved in track. I, I ran four track events. And Scott, as 
God's will and grace, you know, I came away with five gold medals, uh, the best in the world in five different sport or, you know, four track, one basketball. And I was the fastest man in the world in a wheelchair. Now, hold, my- now hold on. I got to stop you here. <laughs> now, 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 hold on. This, so you're obviously an incredible athlete. You, you're awakened now with the possibilities of basketball. You then are showcased, for lack of a better term, in the Paralympics and not just in one sport, multiple sports winning multiple gold medals in that first. That just doesn't happen. I don't care who you are. No. But yet, DK, what what was it about you when that, I'll just use my own term, when that switch went on, uh, being like, okay, now I know what's possible. Now I can go after things that very few people are willing to go after. And you started to go after it. Was it just, now you're just channeled? It's like this live wire is now channeled in the appropriate way and lights are going on all over the place. Like, what was it? Would you, would you use that term? Like a switch went on and, and all of a sudden you just started going after stuff? Yeah, I mean, going after it is an understatement. You know, I knew from my days playing seventh, eighth grade ball through modern day and high school ball, I knew what hard work would produce, mm-hmm. you know, I, I needed to be that guy when nobody was watching, you know, uh, developing skills. And, and, and to me, it, you know, I didn't have any intentions of wheelchair racing, you know, but I was in the environment with dudes Vietnam vets that, they were all going for things, man. And, and so I got exposed in a way that I went, I think I could do that, you know, and I want to do that. And, uh, I had no idea that I would be as successful as occurred in 76. Uh, I, I mean, I kind of knew in basketball, you know, uh, that, we were, we were good and we'd have a, a good chance um, when we beat Israel in the final. Uh, but on the track, you know, I had lost all the way along the way to this one dude, hmm. uh, Ray Lewandowski. He was just a legend and from Rochester, New York. Uh, and nobody touched him in the 100 meters. Nobody. Hmm. And uh, I had one race and – and um, was the fastest man in the world in that hundred meter uh, for the event. So how do you feel when you, when you, when you beat him and you're the fastest man in the world, like what's going through your mind and your heart? Like I, I haven't come anywhere close to that one. I'll be just, brother. I I didn't even know what I was doing. You know, (laughs) it's like, you would think, what does that feel like? I mean, I was just, I was a kid. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm 22 or 23 three, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm still not totally adjusted to my new life even. And so all this is coming at you, you know, and, and, uh, but, but they were really good times and, and, uh, it means more now than I think it did then, you know, uh, or I can give it more mature credit today <laughs> than, I mean, yeah, ego was kind of, out of control, you know, like, wow, what did I just do? You know? And well, I can only imagine sponsorships and 
you know, in, in relationship with Quickie. I mean, just tons of different things that, have, that happened in the earlier days and really even some of those racial relationships continue in the present day. And then of course, with the accolades and the influence and stuff, go, I go back to you having arguably greater influence as time progressed as it relates to the National Wheelchair Basketball Association, the Paralympic Committee, you know, uh, just just you being you. Um, and then now you're Hall of Fame. You're where are you the chairman of the Hall of Fame for the National Wheelchair Basketball Association? Correct. So your influence continues to grow and expand. And now it's like a legacy you are, you know, leaving upon the earth, which is just fascinating. And trust me, you ain't going anywhere anytime soon, my brother. And I certainly hope not because you got a lot more work to do. Here's what I want to do in our few remaining moments. And you've been so gracious to take us into your story and just be real with us and kind of, you know, how that shaped you into the person you are today. We have people listening that are going through the ringer, whether they're in corporate, they own their own business, they don't know whether to leave their current job and start a new gig, get more involved in their hands dirty in humanitarian and philanthropy work, but they're going through it, whether it's emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, or all the above. And some could be like, I don't even know if I want to continue living. What advice do you give those people really going through it today? That kind of helped you when you were really going through it and has helped you throughout the course of your life. That, you know, be as practical, be as specific as you want to be, whatever. Because I know we have people that not just during COVID times, but certainly things have increased during COVID times, the stress level, the anxiety. What would you say? Well, you, you know, that's a big, big question, you know, and, and uh, I know from my experience that what I feed grows, you know, if, if I feed a dark side or if I feel a limiting side or, uh, you know, or I can't do it side, I'll probably, it'll get bigger. You know, I have always chosen to feed the light. That sounds kind of funny. It's not always like that. But, you know, for the most part, I feed what is going to move me or something forward and for helping others, you know. Uh, so, Positive, you know, as an athlete, Rob, we know how much we depend on positive self-talk, yeah. you know, uh, because when you're defeating yourself internally, inside leadership of self, yeah. the inside game, uh, you, you know, that's most of the battle be, because you're, 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 your body will follow your mind, you know, and so for those people, it's like, you know, what's your put one foot in front of the other, you know, stay in some form of action towards becoming a better you, you know, uh, uh, because you don't want to look back, you know, I think I always use the frame of reference is that when I look back, I want I, I want to know that you know, I, I gave it everything I had and that I didn't use an excuse like a wheelchair to, to 
make me less than, you know, no, it's not going to be that way. I'm, I'm involved in so much and, and it's been so exciting to, to be, be there first and to be where no one expects you to be. Uh, but my belief and my faith, you know, my wife and my family, uh, those are the important things, you know, not the gold medals, not what all the accomplishments um, and, and who along the way was I able to help. So sometimes we have to get out of self and go and just help somebody else, right. you know, and and it can be a simple act. It doesn't have to be this big, big thing. So, you know, I love what you're bringing out, because if if it is an inside job, which I know you and I both wholeheartedly agree, it's only to discover or rediscover certain things about ourselves, perhaps our uniqueness, our significance, and how God's made us to be, et cetera, really so that we can get over ourselves. I mean, isn't it wild? Like embracing yourself to get over yourself, to understand that life ain't about you. It ain't about me. It's about other people within our sphere of influence to serve, to serve faithfully, to positively influence. That's just wild. Now, I do want to pick up. So number one, I'm hearing you say that anchored in a belief system, your faith, like for you, your faith anchored in that mindset really does matter. Secondly, and then thirdly, I'm hearing you say your wife, your children and others that have come alongside of you because it truly does take a tribe. Can you speak on that just for a minute or two? Like it does take a tribe. Because sometimes we're so down and out. Our mindset might be good, but we could still be somewhat fragile because life happens. And having people in our corner, whether it be family, colleagues at work, team members, strategic partners, whatever the case may be, to actually come and when you feel weak, they can hold your arms up to say, you feel this way, but you know what? I'm not going to let the battle be lost. I'm here with you. Like speak to uh, just a minute or two on that. Right. All right. Uh, Well, first... You know, when we've got to kind of save ourselves from ourselves, you know, in my case, my ego never tells the truth. Mm. And I have to realize that, you know, yeah. uh, I'm either lesser than or I'm more than. And rarely I'm and I got to reel myself back into just being me. Um, but as a point guard all my life. One of my greatest strengths was as- assembling a team and or making a team uh, better and and the importance of team, whether it's, you know, family or it's corporate. uh, It's important when you have the power of of a team of people, a village, a tribe, whatever we're going to call it. uh, Power just starts to multiply. And and uh, I've never been able to do any of anything by myself. I got to make a decision, but it usually always meant, okay, who am I going to get to help me? And, uh, you know, uh, it's it's about that, you know, Rob, just uh, being able to uh, make others better and in turn you receive you know, so. So good. No, it's so good. All right. As our time's coming to a close, I could spend the next two hours and you know, just begin to scratch the surface. All right. But I gotta, I gotta say this. All right. So if you were to wrap your arms around everything that we discussed today, right? How we connected, 
your story and how it changed things in your life and how and what it took for that light switch to go on and for you to really begin to go after things. And then just really ending at the point like with getting practical mindset, it takes a tribe, everything. Wrap your arms around that entire conversation. Now we're bringing it in. You're now entering into the best years of your life. Okay. <laughs> and I mean that with every fiber of my being. The best books that were ever written, the best movies that were ever made were by those after the age of 65. So where's this all lead, DK? Like, what are you up to today? Let us know, like, what you're up to, what jazzes you up and overjoys you more than anything in the world. Let us in. And I figured that'd be a great way to kind of end our time together. Well, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version, <laughs> man, because uh, it's pretty crazy. You know, I'm in the 19th year of, of running invitational three-on-three tournaments in three different cities. We're serving veterans, women, and uh, we're creating really viable uh, money purses for for athletes to win and that's just on fire i can't contain it i mean <laughs> other cities want it japan wants it I, I and it's just me and another marketing person and running a little show doing powerful things mm -hmm. so that's going on and it's just getting through that year to year uh and the hall of fame now i find myself i, I want to change the culture within a 3000 member organization to value and respect our past. And that's going to take an incredible social media strategy to keep it in front of the young players face about the importance and the responsibility to respect the past. And uh, we got off to a great start in Wichita with, with the first induction of that. We had red carpet interviews with uh, you know, we, we just model, what what's going on around you you know uh then there's this my story you know uh, everybody's been after for years oh you need to write a book you need to write a book and uh that's a lot of work hey, hey. You, you probably well know um i do and i just ordered yours by the way and i can't wait to read it um Awesome. Uh, one of your two, I think. Do you have two? Great. Yeah, I just, my Great. third just came out a couple months ago. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, if this is no, any I've been at this, I've been at this book thing uh, for the past couple of years, and I'm taking my time. I'm really enjoying it. It it won't, I'm not driven to throw an inspirational story out. Yeah. You know, if people are inspired, I'll, that's great. But you know, it's really going to be quite real, quite raw. Um, yeah, and, and it's about the inside game more than it is about the accomplishments. You know, it's about where God uh, showed his grace and his will in my life. So anyways, I don't know what's next, man, yeah. because I keep saying yes to things. You know, <laughs> that's an opportunity, you know, and my wife looks at me like, uh -huh. really? Uh -huh. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I don't know, Rob, but you know, if I keep my heart open uh, and stay out of my head, things are going to, things are going to happen. Yeah. Hey, I just want to say thanks for being you, man. Uh, it's been such a joy to reconnect over the course of so many years. Um, we'll eventually figure out how many years it's been. I think we both can agree. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. But like I said, no better person to have on this season two uh, to talk about their story, to talk about their life than you. 
um, truly are a gift in my life and a gift to so many other people all over the planet in and through wheelchair sports, but everyone that has um, benefited through you being a pioneer and really saying yes to God's will in your life and having the influence that you've had and continue to have, you are truly leaving a legacy that will leave a ripple effect for future generations. So DK from the bottom of my heart, brother, appreciate you big time. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Rob. Let's stay in touch. Sounds good for sure. Blessing. All right. All right. Peace. Peace. Peace.